Maybe we'll just walk down through this, not read it all at once and go back over it again. But maybe we'll just read two or three verses. As the heart paineth after the water brook, so paineth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So, uh, the Bible said to the chief musician, Mashiel, for the sons of Korah, so to be sung, you know, and as whether this um, would be when David was pursued by Saul, maybe when he was run out of town by Absalom, I don't know exactly which it might be, but listen to how David talks. And this first word, the heart, there's a heart and a hind, a male and a female, deer or gazelle. And the heart is the male, but the word that goes with it is feminine, paneth, to cry out. And as we think about that and you think about man, you know, you think about a a male deer, and you think about great strength and great endurance, but maybe you think about a a female and you think about a timid or weak or gentle or um, maybe not as strong. So when we think about man, which would we be? I, I feel like we're a people that are in need of God's help continually. I am. I don't know about you. But David said, As the heart paineth uh, to cry out after the water brook, so paineth my soul after thee, O God. So here, here is the deer. And whether it be a drought or whether it be hunted, you know, if it was in the days of Saul, he was a hunted man, wasn't he? If it was in the days of Solomon or the days of Absalom, he had left to try to, you know, to avoid being destroyed by his own kindred. And I believe David would have liked to have saved his own son's life if that would have been possible. But what's David longing for? David is longing and painting, crying out, that he might, his soul might come before God. My soul thirsteth. So now as you think about that, think about how that man can come, I believe that's the whole story here, that man can come to a place of exhaustion. That man can come to a place that he feels like he's going to die. I don't mean that literally, but I mean that in the mind and in the thinking of the man, and even in body at times, we get wearied with that that is coming our way. We get wearied with the journey. We get wearied with the trials. We get wearied with what troubles come our way. And the psalmist says, as the heart paineth after the water brooks, so paineth my soul. So there was a thirst 
Not outwardly, not bodily, but inwardly. There was a longing for the presence of God, a longing to come before God, a desire, Lord, I, I, I need Your help, Lord. I, I need You to come by. I'm at a place, God, that I feel like I am being overcome. I feel like I'm a place, God, that I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go much farther. Is that a good place? I say this. It's a place that God brings us to. It's a place that God brings us to. And you might say, well, it was uh, because of this circumstance or that circumstance. Who, who set the course for our life? Who set it? You know... I tell you, it's amazing that God's in control here and He's not in control over here. He's in control of this situation, but He's not in control over here. <laughs> no, I tell you, thank God. He, we live and we move and we have our being because of Him and in Him. So the psalmist says, As the heart paineth after the water brooks, so paineth my soul deep, inward. And you know, there's an immediate need. The psalmist is desiring, God, would you come by? Would you come by and help me? I'm in need now, Lord. I'm in need at this moment. Uh, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. You know, I, I believe as we read on down through here, we'll see that David remembers going down to the house of God he remembers being able to go down to the temple, going down to the place of worship, going down with the crowd, going with everybody else. But you know, he's separated. You know, we can be separated right here with 30 or 40 or 50 people. We can be separated sitting right here. We can be separated in the, in the multitudes of people, yet feel as though we're separated from God. David says, My soul, my soul thirsteth for God. So as you think about that, who is our source? Who is our fountain? Where is the fountain? You know, the Lord said, I'm going I'm to put a fountain within you. I'm going to put a well within you, a well of water springing up into everlasting life in you. But I'm not the fountain. I, I, I'm not the source. You know, as you think about this, uh, you, you think about a lost world that we're in the midst of. They're thirsty too. They're running hither, thither, and yon trying to find something to satisfy that, learn, that yearning, that longing on the inside. And you know the only thing that's going to satisfy that? The fountain of God. That fountain, that rock, that rock about uh, that Moses smote, that rock that we can speak to today, that rock that was smitten on Calvary, that rock that rose from the dead, that rock that followed them through the wilderness, there is our source, ladies and gentlemen. There is where we can go to get a drink. There is where we can go. I don't have a fountain. And I don't mean that in the wrong way. I mean even as a saved person, that source is not in me. 
that source is outside of me. That source is from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And really, that source is through and by... I believe you could say it like this. You know, you might say, well, I can't feel God. I've been there. What do I have when I can't feel God? I've got His Word. Right? Now you think about that. Sometimes we've got His Word and we can feel Him too. Oh, that's a wonderful time, isn't it? But when you can't feel Him, you know, David is desiring to have a drink. I believe he's desiring to have a drink from the well of Bethlehem. And I don't mean that literally. I mean that spiritually. He's desiring to have a drink. His soul is thirsting. It's not his body that's thirsting. Now, that may be the heart or the hind or the deer that's thirsting bodily because of being run or because of the drought or however it may be. But David is thirsting on the inside. David has a longing on the inside just like that heart or that hind would thirst and long after a drink from the brooks. David is longing for a drink from the well of Bethlehem. David is longing for a drink from God. Oh, my soul thirsteth for God. You know, as he, as he says here in a minute, talking about the temple, that's well and good. But you know something? When I go to the temple, I need to come before the God of the temple. Jacob went out and he called the place Bethel. You remember that? But when he come back, he said, this is El Bethel. This is God of the house of God. Jacob met the God of the house of God. It's not enough, folks. It's not enough to come to the house of God. I tell you, we need to come before the living God. We need to come, and that's the only thing that's going to satisfy you. I promise you this, coming to church is not going to satisfy the thirst and the longing in your soul. You might say, well, that, that's, that's all well and good. I believe that'll do it. Oh, I tell you, that may satisfy your flesh, but I'm talking about the soul. What we need for our soul is a drink from the living water. We need a drink from the living God. We need a drink that comes from Almighty God. Uh, going down to the temple is not enough. I can remember going down there, but let me tell you this. When I went down there to the temple, it wasn't, it wasn't just going with the crowd. It wasn't just the feast day. It wasn't just that it was a big time. I tell you, we went down there uh, to worship and to praise and to sing praise unto the God, the living God, I went down to the temple to get a drink for my soul. And here He is, longing for that. Longing and, and thirsting. And you know, you think about this. David said, uh, uh, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before Thee? Lord, when can I come to Your temple again? I'm out here by myself. Oh, aren't you glad, aren't you glad, aren't you glad that we don't have to go down to the house of God to get a drink from the living God. And I don't discount that. I think it's a wonderful place to go down to the house of God. That's where we're exhorted. That's where we're taught. That's where we're uh, discipled. That's where we're helped. That's 
that's where we might be brought to a, 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 a psalm or a, a scripture that would help us tomorrow. But I say this, thank God, I, the Lord that lives, our friend, is a God who is a God at, at present, a God who is ever faithful, a God who cannot lie, a God who is near, a friend, a God who is there in the sixth trouble, and in the seventh He'll no wise leave you. A friend, thank God for a God is there if I'm out by myself, if I'm down at the temple. You know, when I come to the temple, a friend, I still have to come to God individually. Don't I? Don't I have to come individually? Though we're going to the feast days, though we're going on Christmas, though we're going for Easter, though we're going for homecoming, that's about how much a lot of people go in this world. But I tell you, David's longing for a drink from God. David said, My soul thirsteth for God. For the living God, you know, the temple, the temple's made up of dead things, isn't it? Whether it was Moses' temple or tabernacle, it was made up of dead things. Solomon's temple, made up of dead things. I tell you, there's a God. There's a God who dwells in your temple. If you're saved, there's a God who dwells in your temple. And you know something? You may feel thirsty. You may feel hungry. You may feel forsaken. You may feel like, I, I just don't know whether I can go on any farther. Well, know this, friend. I know this, that the God of the temple, El Bethel, the God of the house of God, that's who we need to be in tune with. That's who we need to drink from. That's the one that David's longing for. And you know, he's longing way down in the depth of his soul. It's not bodily. It's not physically. It's a spiritual desire and longing that he might have a drink from God. I thought about a Scripture over in the book of Exodus. When they come out of Egypt, they come down to the water of Meribah. And it was bitter. You remember that? It was bitter water. They couldn't drink it. And you know, right there was a cure. It was a tree. The Bible said God showed Moses a tree. I believe it's in the 15th chapter of Exodus. You read it tonight. Read how beautiful that is. God showed Moses a tree. And he cast the tree into the water, and the waters were sweet. <laughs> now just imagine a tree, not a bush, not a twig, not a sprout, not a graph, a tree that was established, a tree that was right there in the midst of the bitter waters, and man doesn't recognize it. I'll tell you folks, God help us to look. God help us to look to the cross and see that there, there, friend, is something to make our 
battle, make our trial, make our tribulation, make our course, uh, to make it sweet, friend. When I look, I think about that Scripture in Hebrews. Uh, friend, He is the author and the finisher of my faith, and who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame. You know what He is? I tell you, He is my example. He is the one that I can look to. Uh, friend, now you think, you think how thirsty He was. You think how alone he was. You think how, how, how distraught he could have been. You think about that everybody forsook him. All the disciples forsook him. Uh, God turned the light out in heaven above. A uh, friend from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock, there was no light. And I'll tell you what he did. He stayed on the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called 12 legions of angels. But no, he stayed there. I'll tell you what he was looking for. He was looking to get a drink from God in just a little while. A friend, this may endure for a little while, but I'll tell you before long, it'll be over and we can have a real drink. Look unto Jesus. Where in our mind, we faint in our mind. Isn't that what he said? We faint in our mind. David said, I'm longing for God. I'm thirsting for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before Thee? My tears have been my meat. Lord, this is what I've been eating. I've been eating this night and day. This is what's been flowing down my face and falling on my lips. This is what I've been doing. I've got, I've been weeping. I've been crying. I've been longing. I've been crying out unto you. And Lord, I desire, I desire God from bread. I desire some meat. Lord, my tears have been my meat. I'm longing for a drink from heaven above. I'm longing, oh God, that I could come and appear before you. Not just come down to the feast day. Not just come down to the temple. But oh God, that I could come from you in front of you. Our Lord, and you would give me a drink for my soul. My tears have been my meat. Job said in 23.12, he said, more to be desired is thy word. Job 23.12, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What's David longing for? I tell you, he said, my tears have been my meat. Lord, I've not been hungry for the natural food. My hunger is to come before you. My hunger, O oh God, is to have a drink from your fountain. My hunger, O oh God, and my longing is to have a drink from the fountain of life, from the well of Bethlehem, from the rock of ages, uh, from that rock that followed them through the wilderness. Uh, David says in verse number 4, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, verse number 3, My tears have been my meat day and night while they... Listen now. Isn't this the devil? Isn't this the world? Isn't this the lost? Isn't this, <coughs> isn't this our flesh and our mind? While they continually say to me, Where is thy God? 
That's the desire for you to doubt. For you to say this, what have I done? What have I done to deserve this? And now listen, there's two sides to that coin. One of them is feeling sorry for yourself. And one of them is forgetting who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. One of them is thinking, I'm going to pay for my sin. And one of them is saying, I don't know why God is bringing this on me. Well, I'll say this, He has a purpose in what He's bringing. And I believe that it's for His glory. Whatever it may be and however it may be, it'll be for His glory in the end. But listen to the psalmist. My tears have been my meat day and night. So continually, He's been crying unto God while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? You know, don't we live in that taunting world today? Don't we live in that world that continually makes fun if you're going to serve God and there's any problem? You know, I believe it's just like Job's friend. While everything was going great, while Job was uh, one of the richest men in the East, while Job's uh, ten children were doing great, while his daughters were fine, while they were feasting and the eldest son, while his camels and his sheep and his oxen and his ass and all of that was multiplying, I bet his friends thought, man, Job is really serving God and God's really blessing him. And when trouble come, they said, Job, what have you done? What were they doing? I tell you, they were throwing it in his teeth. Where is your God, Job? What have you done, Job? What have you done that God has brought this on you? What have you done, Job? Why is it that God is bringing... If you'd repent, oh, if you'd repent, Job, God might turn away His wrath. You know something? There's nobody knows that I need to repent more than me. Nobody knows your need of repentance more than you. But this, this is taunting. This is to make us doubt. This is to make us question God. This is to make us question, why am I going through this? I'm God's child. Am I God's child? What have I done to deserve this? Oh, I tell you, that's what the devil says. That's what the world says. That's what the mind of man says. That's what the flesh says. The flesh says, where is your God? What's the solution? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. You know what David's remembering? 
He's remembering going down to the house of God with the multitude. He's remembering going down there and praising God, singing songs unto God, making prayer and singing and dancing before the Lord. He's remembering the wonderful days. He's remembering that. And you know what? I I tell you, he's longing for that. He is longing to have another day like he had down at the house of God when he got to drink out of the fountain of the living water. He's desiring another day. And you know something? Know this, folks. That same God that blessed us in the past is the same God that's in control today. Don't forget that. Don't forget that the same God that gave David days of joy and days of song is still the same God today. Where is thy God? He's not moved, He's not changed. If you're saved, you're not unsaved because there's trouble and trials. You're not unsaved because of problems. You're not, God is not mad at you and going to forsake you. No, no, David says, when I remember these things, you know what he does? I tell you, by what God has done in the past, he encourages himself. Is there anything to be discouraged about? Where is your God? He says in verse 5, Why aren't thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted? Why are you, why are you growling? Why are you troubled? Why are you moaning? What's wrong? Listen to what he says in Psalm, in, in 1 Samuel chapter number 30. Very familiar scripture, I'm sure. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now listen. Then David, verse 4, 1 Samuel 30, verse 4, Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Lost their family, lost their goods, lost everything they've got. Their family's gone, their children are gone, wives are gone, cities burnt with fire. I tell you, you talk about a discouraging time. It's a discouraging time. Is David in the group? David's in the group. And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until there were no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved. Can you see this? That David is in the same shape that they're in, and they want to kill David because they're in such grief. You ever heard this? They're mad at God. They got mad at God. They are mad at God. They're going to kill the captain. They're going to kill the one that has led them, accepted them, sacrificed for them, loved them, brought the rejects. i tell you who brought the rejects in. The Lord Jesus Christ, David's Son, and the Son of David brought the rejects. That's what I am. 
He brought me in and we're going to get mad at God. You're going to get mad at God. You're going to doubt God when the, when the taunters, when the doubters, when the devil, when the flesh, when the mind says, where is your God? God's forsaken you. I'm mad at God. My goodness. Look around and see, friend, who has brought us this far. Has David lost anything? Absolutely. He's lost too. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons, for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now you think about this, friend. You think that everybody has given up Everybody has given up hope. Everybody is distressed. Everybody's down and out. Everybody's dragging the bottom. I tell you, thank God David had something in his heart. A friend that was greater than. The grief that he had. Something greater than. I tell you, there was someone greater than Ahinoam. There was someone greater than Abigail. There was some greater than than his sons and his daughter. There was some greater than his mighty man. He was looking for and searching for and encouraged himself in the God that had lived him, had delivered him over and over again. He was still looking at that God. Don't forget. Don't forget this God. Don't forget the one that has brought us to where we are today. Don't forget the one that when we were rejected and nobody wanted us, He brought us in. He adopted us. <laughs> he made us like His own Son through His Son. Listen. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. What does hope mean in the Bible? A certain expectation. <clears throat> Is He your God? I know He's the God of all. The living and the dead, the lost and the saved. But is He your God? Listen to the psalmist. Now listen, there's a wrestling going on in the psalmist. There's a wrestling going on between what he knows in his heart and what the flesh and all the doubters and the world and his own mind, all of those are against what's down in the depths of his heart. What he knows about God. Why are thou disquieted? Why are you troubled? Why are you moaning? Why are, what, 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 what's wrong with you? Uh, oh, why are you saying, do I deserve this? What's, what has God forsaken me? God's, God has uh, turned me away. God has forgot about me. No, no, God's not forgotten about you. Why art thou cast down? Why art thou uh, disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For shall, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. So I ask you this. Do you have any expectation of God? Who are you 
I tell you who you are. You're justified. Jesus died for you. You're saved. You're a born again child of God. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Who can, who can separate you from God? Tribulation, trouble, the devil, the devil had like the idea in our mind. It's in our mind. That's where the separation is. It's in our. It's in the trouble we're going through. It's in the pain we're feeling. It, it's in the. It's in the places that we feel like we're so discouraged and, and there's nothing. We can't find any hope. Hope in God. Remember this. Have an expectation in God. David said, "I may be dragging the bottom, but I have a. I have a certain expectation. It's God who has brought me thus far. It's God who sent His servant down there to anoint me." God who in, in, uh, brought His Spirit and covered me up and the Spirit has never left me. It's God who justified me. It's God who is my propitiation. It's God who is my advocate. I tell you, hope in Him. We have to look past what we see with a natural eye and see what did the Bible say about Moses? Seeing Him who is invisible. Isn't that who Moses saw? How could He forsake Egypt? How could He not be the next prime minister? How could He not be the next Pharaoh? How could that not be? I tell you why. I tell you why. Because He saw Him who is invisible. He esteemed the reproaches of the things and the people of God greater riches than the things of Egypt. I tell you what He did. Our friend, He had an expectation of God. Why are we, why are we cast down? Why are we disquieted? Hope. Hope thou in God. You know, there's a battle. Isn't there a battle? If there's not a battle between the flesh and the spirit, you know, it's on every front. We got a battle of sin. Don't we have a battle with sin? I have a battle with sin between that spiritual man, that one that would do good, but how to do it? How do I do it? How do I do good? It's a battle, isn't it? Well, this is a battle in the mind. This is a battle going on right here. That the, the world and the devil and the mind of man and the flesh says, "Where's your God? You've been talking about this God that you've got. Where is He?" You want to throw in the towel? Don't throw in the towel. Hope have a certain expectation of God. A God who is our Creator. A God who is our Justifier. A God who through His blood we have been forgiven. A God who has died for us, yet He is risen. A God who is stronger than the strong man. A God who is our Advocate. Our God who is our Propitiation. Our God who said, I am a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I will never leave you nor forsake you, not even unto the end of the world. Let's think on Him. 
Does he know where I am? Absolutely. He knows where I am. So there's a battle. And listen, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. You see this battle? Here's a, here's a battle, battle for pity. Here's a battle. Oh, look how bad I'm having it. And honest to God, truth is, there are a pile of people that love to tell how bad they've got it. Church people. A lot of church people enjoy telling how bad they've got it. I don't mean that to be ugly. But you know something? I need to get my eye off of how bad it is and look to the God who is able to make it better for us. I need to be looking to the God who is able to give me a smile. Listen to what the psalmist said. The psalmist said, uh, uh, I shall look, hope thou in God, for I shall... What's he doing? Oh, I tell you, he's disquieted. He's down and out. He's dragging the bottom. But you know what he says? Down on the depths of his soul, he said, I shall praise God. He shall be the help of my countenance. He shall be the one that offers his services. He's the one that's going to strengthen me. He's the one that's going to help me along. He's the one that's going to give me assistance. He's the one and I'm going to sing his praises again. There's that battle between those two. Listen, you love your misery. You want everybody to feel sorry for you. You want to be on the pity party. I tell you, there's no glory for God in that. God wants you to look past your trouble, look past your sorrow, and I, I don't mean I don't mean that to be ugly or to be insensitive. I, I don't mean it that way. I mean for you and for me that God wants us to hope in Him. Have a certain expectation in Him. What's the psalmist say? Well, I'm dragging the bottom. But I shall praise Him. For I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. The help. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to thank God again. I'm going to thank God. Now listen, he's thanking God. Joseph mentioned a verse, I believe, Sunday night. He, he didn't get just exactly what I'm going to read, but he was right on it. Listen to this verse in 1 Thessalonians. First, Paul says, Rejoice evermore. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What's the psalmist doing? I tell you, he's pouring his heart out. He's being just as honest with God as he knows how. He's saying, God, you know I'm dragging the bottom. God, you know my soul is disquieted. God, you know that I'm moaning. Lord, you know that I'm in trouble. You know that they're taunting me. You know they'd like for me to give up. You know, oh God, my own mind wants to overcome me. But Lord, I know this. I shall praise You. You're the help of my countenance. <laughs> Listen to 2 Corinthians it may be in uh, Philippians that Paul talks about praying. 
with thanksgiving. Giving thanks in all things. I'm not sure. But listen to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For God who commandeth the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. Is the Lord shining in David's heart? Hope thou in God. Why don't you give up, David? You can't find God. God's forgot about you. Where is your God idea? God shining in His heart. He said, I shall yet... I'm disquieted. I'm down and out. I'm dragging the bottom. I'm moaning the blues. But in my heart and in my soul, God has given me a ray of hope. God has shined in my heart. For we, listen, for we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now we could look at that in a lot of different directions. But think about the psalmist. What's going on right here? I tell you, David said, Lord, I don't have a fountain. Lord, I'm thirsty. Lord, I'm dragging the bottom. I'm disquieted. I'm moaning. I'm seeing the blues. They're making fun of me and saying, where is your God? Oh, God, I know that I've got a treasure on the inside. This earthen vessel looks like it's going down, but I'm looking to you. Hope thou have a certain expectation of God. 2 Corinthians. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency... How's David going to be delivered? <laughs> I tell you, it's going to be God who delivers. Isn't that the goal? Why did Jesus tarry four days before He went to Bethany? Your friend Lazarus is sick. He tarried four more days. <laughs> Why did he do that? Amen. For the glory to God Almighty. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't get mad at God. Don't let the world and your mind... Say, where is your God? Lord, I don't understand what I've done. Are you mad at me? Am I not your child? Uh, 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 You must have done something wrong. You need to repent. You need to get right with God. Let me tell you this. You talk about a man who was right with God. You talk about a man who was upright with God. I believe David was a man who was upright with God and followed God to the T in all matters except for the matter of Uriah, the Hittite. I think about a man named Saul of Tarsus who became Paul the Apostle. You talk about a man upright. Those men had trouble. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. Listen. Listen to the outside. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed. Is David perplexed in Psalm 42? He's perplexed. Yet not in despair. Persecuted, not forsaken. 
Cast down, not destroyed. Bearing about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. What was going on? I tell you, it looked like it looked like God had forsaken him, but David said, I'm going to yet praise him. I'm going to yet glorify him. I'm yet looking. My hope and my expectation is in God. Though this outward man may perish, He'll say that in that in that in the latter part of that. For which cause, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. <laughs> you know, all of our praying could be answered, couldn't it? God could answer all of our praying and all of our affliction and all of our trouble and all of our disquieting and all of our place where we're dragging the bottom. God could answer. And you know what we're going to have to say? We're going to have to say, well, I didn't have a fountain. We're going to have to say, well, you know, as far as my flesh and my mind, I had just about given up. But God shined a light in my heart. And I, 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 I put my hope and my expectation was in God. I, I, was, I, I was doing that. And He says here in this psalm, knowing for all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. God, for which cause we faint not. Though our inward man, outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. I tell you, David was encouraging himself when they wanted to stone him, when they wanted to kill him. I tell you, David said, I've still got a hope in God. You know what God told him in that Scripture? You'll recover it all. Isn't that right? You'll recover all. He did. They recovered all. I'm not going to be able to cover all of the rest of this, but let's read down through it just a little bit and, and, and maybe we could glean just another thing or two out of it. Verse 6. Oh my God, my soul is cast down. Now, he just said this. He just encouraged himself in the last of verse 5. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember... What's he doing? He remembers... Now he remembers going down to the temple over here in verse 3 and 4. But now listen. I remember thee. I'm about overwhelmed again, God. I, I, I thought I was over it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there and you thought, well, I've got it laid down. I, 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 the tide's going out and, I, and I'm feeling good. I, I'm standing strong. I'm feeling like I've got the victory. Here it comes. Here it comes. That overwhelming flood. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and from the Hermonites and from the hill of Mizar. Now you think about this. So here's David. Where is he remembering God? I tell you, he's remembering God from where the spring started on the top of Mount, uh, uh, the Her Mount Hermon. 
There's where the spring was that started Jordan. And down to the little hills. Uh, friend, that Jordan started way up there and come right on down. And you know what? God was up there on Mount Horeb. Uh, friend, God was there on Mount Hermon. Uh, friend, there was a uh, there was a snow-capped mountain all the way down to the valley. And you know what's down beside Jordan? Oh, I tell you, down beside Jordan is the thickets and the glades and the snakes and the lions. Uh, friend, down there. But he said, I remember you down there, Lord. I remember how you helped me when I was in the thicket. I remember how the lion wanted to come out beside Jordan. I remember God when I was on the top of the mountain and it looked like there was nothing and I found the brook. Lord, I found the source. I remember you, Lord, when I was alone. You were there. Not just in the crowd. Not just in the feast. Lord, I feel overwhelmed again. But God, I'm remembering this. I remember you've been with me from the top of Hermon down to the banks of Jordan. Now you remember how God's been with you. Deep calleth unto deep the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. You know what he thinks? He said, Lord, they're just coming more and more and more. It feels like I'm going to drown, Lord. It feels like there, as soon as I get my head above water just for a second and get a little gulp of air, God, it seems like here comes another wave over me. Maybe you feel that way. Yet, the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I am because of Him. You are because of Him. And Lord, though it seems as though the billows are coming over me, and I'm going to drown in this flood. I'm going to drown in all of this. Oh God, You, You, oh Lord, in the day and in the night, I'm not ceasing to pray. I'm not ceasing to call upon You. And oh Lord, You... You, O oh Lord, in the daytime and in the night, You will command Your loving kindness. I tell you what You're going to do, Lord. Though I feel like that I am going to drown in this flood, God, I am alive because of You. Has He ever took His hand off of you? You wouldn't be if He took His hand off of you. You wouldn't be. You would not be if He removed His hand from you. So David is trying to encourage himself again. It looks as though that it's worse in verse 6 and 7 than it was over here in verse number 1 and 2, doesn't it? Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me. My prayer... I will say unto God, my rock. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forsaken me? Why go I mourning 
because of the oppression of the enemy. Just think about this verse for a moment. I will say to God, my rock, there's my refuge. God will establish my going. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, set my feet on a rock, established my going, put a song in my heart. I tell you this, God, listen, friend, He's not forsaking you. He's not forsaking you. Remember this God. Remember that this God cannot lie. Remember that this God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You may be down and out and you may be dragging the bottom, but know this, I will say unto God my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? He cannot forget you. Though a mother may forget her suckling child, I tell you, God cannot forget His children. He cannot. He cannot. And He cannot lie. Did He say, I'll be with you always? Can He lie? Is He my rock? Is He my refuge? Is He my stronghold? Is He, is he you know, out of the rock is my refreshing. Out of the rock come the water. Out of the rock in the wilderness when it was a waste out in the wilderness, God told Moses, smite the rock. And then He told Moses to speak to the rock. And out of the rock, all of Israel drank. He's still the rock. He's still the refuge. He's still that that is firm. He's still that that is unchanging. Why hast thou forgotten me? That's the mind. That's the mind driven by the flesh. That's the mind driven by the emotions. That is not the truth. He cannot forget you. He cannot. I'm going to have to read that verse 49:15. Isaiah Maybe you could mark it in your Bible. Maybe if you're if you're if you're uh, uh, struggling, listen to this. But Zion said, "The Lord hath forsaken me." <laughs> Isn't that what David said? Lord, you forgot about me. Lord, my enemy is on my tail. Lord, they're they're hounding me. God, I'm thirsting to death. I'm longing for you. I need a drink from the fountain of living waters. Oh, but Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, Isaiah 49, 14, and my God hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child? She certainly can today. She certainly can. Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should have no, not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget... Yet I will not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hand. Thy walls are continually before me. I tell you what, God is there. You want to see the love of God? Look at the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, there is the price that was paid that you and I could be brought into the family of God. A mother may forget her suckling child. The Lord said, I'll never forget you. When you feel like that, you read, you read Isaiah 49, 14. Isaiah 49, 14, 49, 14 and continuing. 
Why go I about mourning because of the oppression? Oh, I tell you, the affliction makes us question God. It makes us, as with a sword in my bones, my enemies. You know what they're doing? They're trying to break Him. The enemy, and I'll tell you this, your natural man is your enemy. Your flesh is your enemy. The devil is your enemy. The world is your enemy. The Lord is your friend. The Lord is your Savior. The Lord is your advocate. The Lord is your wisdom. The Lord is your righteousness. He is the one we need to look to. With a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? They're after Him again, aren't they? Matthew chapter 27, verse 43. If thou be the Son of God. You say you're the Son of God. Let's see if God will have Him. They threw it in His teeth, didn't they? You can look at it. Matthew 27, 43. I didn't quote it correctly. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? If you got your Bible, would you look with me? Let's read verse 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance. Now, step back and read verse 5 with me. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. So, His service, His resources. In verse 5, verse number 11, His complete deliverance and liberation. He's not my help. He's my health. He's the health of my faith. He's the one that can give me a smile when it looks like I should be crying. When it looks like I should throw in the towel and give up, He is my health. Not my help. My help. He is my complete deliverance. From verse 1 to verse 11, He is my complete deliverance.